Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. In lieu of our Real Houses of Potomac recap this week, I have an interview with Dr. Wendy, the newest housewife of Potomac. We chat last week over Zoom, and it was such a lovely conversation. I really, I left just loving her even more. She was so warm, kind, friendly, which was very refreshing because sometimes you do an interview with the housewife and it doesn't quite go that way. Uh, but Dr. Wendy was very nice, very kind, very checked in and present and warm and lovely and gracious, just so wonderful, which it doesn't always happen. So I was uh, just love Dr. Wendy. And I, it came at a time I really needed it. You know, it, it came at a time I really needed it. So it was nice to 
chat with her. So I'm going to play that interview. We did it over Zoom and my Zoom microphone, I like cut out in the middle, but it sounds, you, you might not even notice, but if you hear the sound shift, you know, I'm a one man band here. Uh, at everything iconic, I'm the only one here. So sometimes, you know, you get a technical difficulty, got to roll with the punches. But uh, luckily, the whole interview turned out okay. And uh, in terms of tech stuff, so I'm going to play this interview with Dr. Wendy, and then I want to come back and I want to talk Bachelorette. I have a lot of thoughts, you guys. Claire sniffed Dale's pants, and I have a lot of thoughts about that. I have a lot of thoughts. So please enjoy this chat with Dr. Wendy, and then I'll put the timestamp in the episode description so you can skip ahead if you just want the Bachelorette chat. Uh, otherwise, please enjoy. Oh, one more thing. It is election week. I know you guys come to this podcast to check out and enjoy it. Uh, Dr. Wendy and I, towards the end of the interview, we do talk a little bit about voting stuff. So uh, I hope you're all thinking of a vote- voting plan. And uh, yeah, so please enjoy this chat and we will come back and talk Bachelorette. You look so beautiful. I'm so excited to meet you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. I'm so excited to meet you. I am your fan. Like, I Uh, am your fan. I love you. Well, I'm your fan. (laughs) I'm going to introduce you and then um, then I'll gush over you some more. So, okay. I am so excited. You guys know I love our guest today, uh, Dr. Wendy from the Real Housewives of Potomac. Dr. Wendy, how are you doing today? I am so good. How are you, Danny? Good. I just feel excited. I find you to be very refreshing addition to this Aww. franchise. I think you're very intelligent. I think you're presenting a culture that we don't get to normally see on television. It's just been great to watch you. How have you felt watching you? I have been hiding under my pillow with a glass of wine, like rocking back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, what's happening? Did I say that? No. <laughs> I, I imagine it must be weird. I, I was talking to Leah McSweeney from The Real Houses in New York like during her season, and she was saying the experience has been weird and different than what she expected because uh, we've been under lockdown, so it hasn't been like she's been out and about getting recognized. And, and I wonder if you think the experience has been a little weird? The experience has been weird, but also I don't know what to compare it to. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not like I was like, I'm going to come on here and then everyone's going to know who I am. I think for me, I've actually had a, oh my God, so many people watch this show type of thing, right? Like it has been so interesting, but you know, I have appreciated the fact that I can go out and, you know, I'm just all bundled up, you know, my mask on and I could still have a sense of, my life normalcy almost, which is, which has been good, which has been great. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a ride. You've had all of these badass jobs. Um, <laughs> what's the hardest one? Like, what do you, when you look back on all of your different work gigs, I should say, mm-hmm. what's the hardest one? Definitely being a housewife. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, 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 it's really, it's really interesting being a housewife because there are so many different personalities and there's so many people watching and people take in the show from their own vantage point, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's been really a joy actually hearing people give feedback from a lens that I never thought to think through, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it because I see housewives uh, can be very divisive and fans can be, mm-hmm. fans immediately take sides. And I was thinking on some level, you must be a little bit used to that because of your political commenting or, or commentating. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if you notice that sort of the the politics discourse and the housewives discourse, if they're similar in ways. They are. They are very similar because, again, you can go, you know, when I go on the news, I I could give my commentary and I say it because I deeply believe in it. Like, these are my feelings. I'm coming to this as, you know, from my different lenses and I can walk off and my phone is buzzing and people telling me, I don't agree with that. How horrible that is. How horrible this politician is. How horrible this policy is. But the difference between that and being a housewife is there is no... um, there is no carryover. Does that make sense? Like, even as I'm watching Twitter, I'll hear people say, well, well, that's messed up because so-and-so did this in season two, episode five. And I'm like, wait, what happened in season two, episode five? But with (laughs) politics, it's like every day is like a clean slate, right? Somebody who got in you the day before may say, actually, today you make a good point. But with Housewives, it's like, no, these the these are people who are vested and they know these women and love these women. And that has been interesting. I got to get into the nitty gritty of the program. Cause you, you know, I also really love, love Karen Huger and mm-hmm. I'm curious where your relationship is now, because it seems very roller coastery. You were, you were supporting her on social media, but then she said something about you on social media. Where is it at right now? It's confusing. <laughs> Um, that's so interesting. So for me, I, I, I pride myself in authenticity, right? Like, even though, so I say that to say my tweet on social media supporting her is because she was, she was right. Like we should write, ride file partners. Our partners have every right to protect us and we have every right to protect them. So I'm not one of those people that, oh, because Karen said it, it must be wrong. No, if Karen says something that I agree with, despite where our relationship is, then yeah, I agree with it. Like, that's just who I am. I, I, I feel like that authenticity should always come through. Our relationship is in the infancy phases, right? Like we're still trying to get to know each other and you guys are going to see that play out this season. Uh, we butt heads. We're two strong personalities and it, who knows where it's going to end up. Um, but, you know, right now we're like, right. Yeah, you guys. Those, just, those are two ships. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> well, it's been tough as a fan of both of you. I've been really struggling. I've been really struggling here. Uh, the reunion. Are you guys? I don't that? hate her though. So there you go. Right. I'm open for wherever our relationship goes. I am completely open, open to it. Yeah. I feel like you guys just need to hash everything out, and then mm-hmm. next season you guys will be like buddies. I'm here uh, for it. The reunion, do you have an outfit planned? Are you guys doing in-person? Do you know yet if it's going to be Zoom or in-person? It's top secret. <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's in-person. Okay. I'm hoping. I think you're good. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. But so do you have your outfit ready? Not yet. I know what I want to wear. I know what I want to look like, but it's being created as we speak. Uh, I I think I might've mentioned this on the podcast. It feels to me like you're not a one se- you're not a first season housewife in that a lot of your looks feel really put together. And normally it takes a housewife a season 
to really kind of get the glam worked out? Did you have a stylist or did you have outfits plan or how did you think of all that? Oh my God, Danny, you are so, you see, so this is why I love you. Like, I honestly love you for saying that because I literally just got off the phone with uh, one of my castmates and I was just like, I hate every episode in the way I look. Like I was literally like, she, and my phone is vibrating because we got off the phone and she's texting me to like, tell me something, but. Which one was I, it? Who, who are you talking to? <laughs> I was talking to Candace, um, but I absolutely hate the way I look because what? what viewers, oh my God. Like I, when I tell you, you may have thought I was joking. Like every episode I'm literally, I have a cover over my head and I'm just like, oh my God, what? will this go away? Because I think that viewers, and when I say this, you may be like, oh yeah, you're right. I think that everyone forgot that I started filming three weeks after having a baby. You see? And so I, I, what you guys are seeing me look like is you're seeing a mom who is not sleeping. I had to film. I have three kids. I'm adjusting to being a mom of three. I was just like, I, I mean, I was throwing all my wigs like they were basketball caps. And so I'm like looking at myself like, Wendy, did you not know you're going to be on national TV? My outfits, some of my outfits, whether you know it or not, like there's a green, the green skirt I wore to Karen's house for the sit down. Um, when we all talked with Monique, that was a maternity skirt. Oh my so God. like, yeah. So it's like, I just, I just have a chip on my shoulder because I'm like, you met the world and the world met you at what I considered like my worst. Look, I literally said that before even meeting you, I really thought your looks were good. There's one look I don't love, but um, you, like you said, the you pink just- one. The pink one pink with one. the short haircut. Yeah, I don't love that one. I think that's I the one. I hated that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what happened there? No my, my My hairstylist canceled on me the night before my confessional. <sighs> and so we were like, what are we going to do? I hate that. But I, okay. But by the way, 99% of your looks look, look great to me. And you just mentioned you had a baby three weeks before. So what do you think is Giselle's excuse for her looks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had, I love Giselle. Oh God. I'm sliding. How I slid in Newburgh. Oh no. You were sending me. I have been sent. I'm not even here anymore because I have been sent away. Um, I, I, you know what? I don't, I. Giselle's stunning though. She's stunning. She's beautiful. I think Giselle is absolutely drop dead gorgeous. I think she has her own sense of style and in her head it works. And the reason I say that, and I'm confident saying that is she bought a new house and she decided she wanted to paint the walls purple. There's a level of commitment to your own aesthetic that comes with painting your walls purple in a brand new house that you have the potential to completely start over but that's what you go for. And I, I think that is her aesthetic. That's, that's what she's going for. Uh, I got to talk about the Candace and Monique situation. After seeing it, we know your side, of course, on the show, but after seeing it all play out on camera, do you feel differently? Do you feel the same? Where do you stand? Honestly, I don't feel like you guys got to see my true side on camera, if that makes sense. I feel like, Yes, my stance is nothing warrants physical altercation. Like 
That's just me. And I feel as though there are some people who say, if you talk a certain type of way, then that person has the right to hit you. If you feel as though that's right, then that's your opinion. But also respect mine, on the other hand, which says, I don't think that's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I I just don't think people are seeing like, okay, you can view it that way, but other people also have the right to view it the other way. While I do not believe that physical altercation is warranted, I am also a mom. And what I teach my kids, especially my seven and five-year-old who are now in school, is you never know what someone's energy is going to be. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. You never know if someone is going to match your energy. Because oftentimes we see or hear stories of someone in a club and they bump into somebody by accident. And next thing you know, it ends up in a shootout or something, right? Like that didn't warrant that, but you never know what someone's energy is. And so for me, yes, I don't believe in physical violence. But I also believe that you don't know if you get in someone's face, the hope is that they will come back to you by getting in your face. Sometimes the energy levels don't match. And so that is a a prime example of a precautionary tale of be careful what you do because you never know what that person will react with. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was very compelling TV and it's been interesting to see everyone's different point of view on it. And I think we're all episode to episode shifting and feeling differently Mm. about it just by hearing all of you talk about it. And I've, I've found that sort of to be the most interesting. Where do you think the cast goes? Because it seems like a lot of the women don't want to film with Monique. So do you think next season everyone could come back? Do you, do you think that maybe some people shouldn't come back? Well, that's not, you know, as much as, as, much as viewers watch and think that we have the power to do that, we don't. And for me, especially, I'm the newbie in this, right? Like, I am really a newbie through and through. So I don't even know the power dynamics. I, hell, I don't even know if I'm coming back. I, you're coming I, back. You're coming back. <laughs> oh, you're so you're sweet. But back. I, I, I don't know. So, so for me, I, I take the position as a viewer where I'm sitting on pins and needles because I'm like, what's going to happen? Where do we go from this? I'm, I'm hopeful that. Their relationships are so deep rooted that this is something that maybe we can all move past. But I honestly am the last person to know. I I don't know the politics yet of Housewives. So every day I'm just watching like what is going on and what is about to happen, you know? Right. You know, it's been so fun seeing your Nigerian culture and the food, especially. I think I mentioned both at your (laughs) Sip and See event and the Wine with Wendy event. It looked like the food was amazing. First of all, um, top notch. Do you have a top favorite? Notch. Do you have a favorite Nigerian dish? Oh man, I have so many, but I love. I think like if you were to enter the Nigerian world, the first thing that someone will give you is probably like jollof rice, and that's like a spicy rice cooked in tomato and lots and lots of spices, uh, plantain, fried plantain, and like an assortment of meat. Like I love stuff like that. I love spicy food. I'm a spicy food junkie. Not all. Nigerian food has to be spicy, but for me, it's a must. So I love jollof rice and I love like pounded yam, which is like a cassava type of thing with like a soup and you dip it in. 
Oh, so good. I, I love food. Listen, one thing that all the girls will tell you is the moment I found out that we weren't paying for like our dinners and stuff when we went out. Oh gosh. As soon as I sat down before we even had a conversation, I was like, let me place my order. Here's what I want for my appetizer, my main course and my dessert. And I want a plate for my husband. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was terrible. I love that. I love that. Well, I was, I looked at both of the events you threw and I was like, oh my God, that shit or that food looks so amazing. Like they're no, big that, that shit food. was amazing. Yeah, that, yeah, the food was so, <laughs> the food was so good. I loved it. I loved also, it. Also, by the way, you mentioned your husband. If you notice like the groundswell of, of lust after your husband from the Bravo community. Listen, I have, and look, my husband, he is fine. Yeah, he's hot. Yeah, he's really good looking. He is. He is. Okay. Okay. All right. So yeah. Yeah. And he. And what makes him fine to me is the fact that he doesn't even consider like he's just like so humble and such. He's the nicest guy ever. Like ever, and he loves all my friends. Like he is just like, oh. He seems like a sweet soul. Like just, I don't know. He, he he is. Like it radiates from the TV. Yes. Okay. So the yin uh, to my yang because I'm 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 different. <laughs> what trip? What trips do you guys have coming up? Do you have a trip coming up for Housewives? Um, yeah, on the show. Are you guys going to yeah Poland? So tell me about that. Portugal. Portugal. We're going Poland. to Portugal. Um, Portugal was amazing. It was. So I have this thing. So you're getting the inside scoop here. So I may get in trouble for telling, but I have two sides, right? Maybe it's because I'm a Gemini, but I have Wendy and I have Wenday. And you guys haven't met Wenday. Wenday, it takes it back to college years. I'm like, shots! Like, that is Wenday. So once we get to Portugal, there is a signature drink called the Poncha. And that that drink is... Amazing. Oh my god! I so can't you guys get to meet one day, and I let my hair down, and I'm just like dancing in the streets. It's amazing. I'm excited because the Potomac women always seem so put together, and especially compared mm. to something like the New York cast is a bunch of drunk mm. messes all the time. So <laughs> I like to see a little bit of a mix of both. But I'm excited Absolutely. to meet one day. Yeah, that's one day. I have some questions that people wrote into the Everything Iconic Patreon. Uh, So Carrie Pope wants to know uh, more info on your situation with your in-laws. Do they live in Potomac? When's the last time you spoke with them? Is there hope for a reconciliation? I hope there's reconciliation. But one thing that I don't think the viewers understood is that Eddie's parents Eddie and I dated for two years. So they supported our engagement, right? Um, Eddie Eddie and I have known each other since we were 17. Eddie's parents and my parents were friends for a long time. It, it So it's not like something that has been since the beginning. It literally happened like a few months before we got married. Um, and I hope that I'm going to be able to talk about this a little bit more at the reunion. But the beauty of it and why I'm happy is that this issue is just with Eddie's mom. Like, Eddie's grandmother, aunts, uncles, cousins were all at our wedding. His first dance was with his grandmother, his mom's mom. So he has that support and love for them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really sad because what you guys may not know is that the same situation happened with Eddie and 
Eddie's mom and his grandmother, meaning Eddie's mom made it such that she didn't want her kids to even speak to her own mom. You know, so there's a lot of history. There's not just like, oh, he met this woman and this woman's what turned bad. No, it's like it's not it's not me. As his his grandmother says, even if he marries somebody else, this will still be the issue. It's layered. It's layered. Layered. Uh, Rosie said your career crossroads is very relatable. And uh, do you have any advice for figuring out what your what your passion is or what path to actually take? I hope you guys can take that journey with me because I'm still trying to figure it out. What I did know is I wasn't happy and I want to do something that when I wake up in the morning, I'm excited to do, you know, and it doesn't matter what title it is. It doesn't matter what the accolades are. I just want to be fulfilled and happy because I feel like I have been living my life for everyone else. And I know, you know, some moms can even relate to that. Like when you have kids, it's all about them and, you know, being a wife and all that stuff. And I just think it's time to get back to Wendy. So I'm looking at exploring my passions. And right now I have an inkling of what I want to do, but we'll see. I would like to see you on like a view like show because I feel like you can talk about it all. Yeah. That's what we need. Um, I would love that. Barbara Walters set it up, please. I would love to be on the view. I feel like I'm like the intersection between pop culture and politics and I could cover everything. And I feel like you, at at the very least, we need to get you like a guest co-host on the view and then people will see how good you are and then we'll, Make it happen. Oh, okay. Casey, oh, love you, Danny. Casey Huntington wants to know how close were you and Candace before the show? Were you interesting? Close? So we, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. So we 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 met at a social gathering. We actually met at a red carpet event. And the funny part about this is Candace actually invited me to her watch party for the season four premiere of Potomac. And so I was there in big belly with Cam supporting her. Um, so we had known each other casually and I feel like our relationship has just blossomed since I've been on the show. A Kathy Sherman wants to know, where did the throne wine glass come from? Because Monique's lip was cut and bleeding. Will mm-hmm. we get answers to that? Hopefully you guys will get answers at the reunion for me, you guys saw me, I was in the middle. So everything you guys are watching, I'm watching it with you because I was literally in the thick of things. I didn't have a bird's eye view. And there was a time that my head was down and I'm just like separating them. So I I don't know where it came from, but um, that thing was intense. It was more intense being there than watching it. I could imagine. uh... Yeah. I feel like watching it softened the blow. Honestly, Where Where do you stand with the other women? Are there any women you're not speaking with right now? Is that a shady oh. question? No, that's not a shady question. That's a great question. Um, I'll say this. I have spoken to all of the women post-rapping, right? Like since okay. we rapped, I've talked to everyone. You know, I'm coming into this new. I am, I am just trying to figure out the different dynamics. I am trying to figure out each person. I know that when you guys see me on TV, you're like, wow, she really is like on this side. It's not that. It's, I think people forget that. I'm just opinionated. Like my day job is to have like a strong opinion. Like, so that's what I do. So, it, and and just because I have a strong opinion doesn't mean I dislike the other person. Does that make sense? Like yeah, yeah. there's, yeah, there's no one I'm like, oh, I don't like her. No. Right. No. Yeah. I like it. I like all, I like all the women. 
you mentioned the political stuff and it's election week and I'm I hope all the listeners have already voted or they they have their voting plan but what would you tell people who maybe haven't made their voting plan yet or who are maybe undecided can you give us a little of that for us Sure I think that you know this is going to be the most consequential election of our lifetime And there is so much at stake here, even the fact that we are voting in the midst of a global pandemic, in the fact that we're voting right now when the rise of social justice movements around the globe are happening, and the fact that nine days before the election, a Supreme Court justice was appointed to the bench. There is so much at stake, and it is our civic duty to vote. And some people talk about activism. Well, I believe that one of the highest forms of activism is to be engaged. So you have to make sure that get out and vote. Um, There are lots of tools out there that can help you look at different, you know, policy platforms for your local elections, because that matters as well, not just the person who resides at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but who are your senators, your delegates, your superintendents. So please make sure you get out and vote. And even if it's not for yourself, make sure you do it for the generations to come because they don't want to clean up our mess. And when you go and vote, don't go by yourself. Take friends make with a you. Friend. Make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, take a friend. Is there one issue, whether domestically or globally, that you think people aren't paying enough attention to or that you would like to kind of spotlight? I know there's so much. It's It, it sometimes can feel mm-hmm. overwhelming to people, I think. That's a great question. So I'm going to be selfish here and I'm going to pick two. Um, One of them is immigration. You know, I'm an immigrant. We're just talking about my Nigerian heritage. I think this administration, for lack of a better term, has been for a lot of people a dumpster fire. And I say that because so much has happened that we forget things that happened in the beginning. Like just last year, we we're talking about children in cages and the fact that there's like 500 families who have not been reconnected and these are young children. So what are we doing about immigration? Like what does that, that policy look like? And then the other piece will be education. We have, uh, you know, the secretary of education who is grossly unqualified. Um, she's not doing anything when it comes to funding for our kids. She's not doing anything when it comes to tracing for COVID. And a lot of these kids are going back into the schools. Like what is going on? And all of these kids who are at home and their parents have to go to work, they're going to grow up to be the next doctors and lawyers. And I don't know about you, but I'm drinking wine at 12 o'clock and I'm teaching my kids. Like what type of teacher am I? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So what are we doing about education? So those are my two big things are education and immigration. Do you feel just so ex- mentally drained and exhausted, especially because yes. you're really engulfed in, in so much of this? I just can't even imagine like the mental toll and you're an immigrant. So you're also dealing with hearing such personal discourse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously it's obviously it's something we're all listening to hopefully but it's so personal to you and mm-hmm. i would feel so i feel drained i feel mentally checked out sometimes and you must yeah. feel that way how are you getting through it or how are you feeling 
Yeah, I am definitely mentally drained and I just have to unplug. And I think that, you know, being in this housewife universe has also helped me. Like some days I guess just wear my housewife's hat and, you know, that's fun. But even that comes with a share of stress mm-hmm. and drama. You read things in the blog and you're like, that's not true. That's not how it happens. So there's a, a share of stress too. Um, but just unplugging, I have to unplug because yeah. it's too much at times. It's draining. And I see that he mentioned moms teaching. I'm just like, holy fuck. Like, haven't moms been through enough this fucking year? Hello? Now they got to teach the kids. I'm like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. Are you serious? I am am so exhausted. I'm teaching a second grader and and a kindergartner. And how the fuck am I qualified to do that? I'm so confused. Like, I don't know what's going on. My son is looking at me like, mommy, what is this? I don't know. Okay, I don't remember anything. So it has been really interesting. Wendy, this is so much fun. I, I know I want to, I got to wrap it up with you, but uh, what else do we have to look forward to this season on Potomac? Honestly, this season is just getting started because let me tell you something. You guys think that, you know, the drama that's going to play out. No, 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 no. Like drama comes to a, a nice, I'll say this buttons are closed, but then lots of, containers are left open. Like when you guys think that, oh, okay, we get it. It's coming to a close. Then a new revelations happen. And I literally left like, what in the hell? Oh my God. Like, I think lot. this has been the best yeah. season of, of any housewife franchise. It's like at the tippy top. Oh, wow. What do you, uh, what do oh, you make of Michael? You. Michael, he's always in the drama. Of course, Michael Darby. Like, what do you make of this man? <laughs> Michael is... Michael is the, um, <laughs> Michael just keeps on giving, you know, he just, he just yeah. keeps on giving. He, he's yeah. That's Michael. I don't TV. know him well. I don't know him well, but I would say he is making TV very interesting. Okay. The last two questions I ask everyone. And number one, what's your favorite Mariah Carey song? Oh, mm, I would say always be my baby. Um, and, um, yeah, always be my baby and and break break down with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, the best. That that got me through. Uh, oh yes, honey. Yes. Uh, and finally, <laughs> uh, if you were choosing for People magazine, People magazine sexiest man alive, who would you choose? But you can't choose Eddie, although I would. <laughs> uh, I was just about to say Eddie. Um, okay, so if not Eddie, my two would be Idris Alba. Like he is. And I have a little thing for Frederick on Million Dollar List in New York. What? Oh, my God. That's surprising. <laughs> that's crazy and surprising. I think he's cute. And then also David Beckham. Oh, a classic. A classic. Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on all social media platforms at Wendy Osefo. Thank you so much. Uh, it was such a delight getting oh, to know you, you on the show and finally uh, meeting oh. you. Hopefully we'll get to meet in person one of these days, but thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you for everything. And everyone go vote. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Go vote. And Danny, when I meet you, I want the biggest hug because I just Oh my like God. You. Aren't you missing <laughs> hugs? I like miss hugs so I am. Much. I know. I know. I know. Mm.
Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Yeah. Oh, wasn't Dr. Wendy great? I thought she was so lovely, which isn't always the case. But you guys, I want to talk Bachelorette stuff because I know I said on this podcast that I wasn't going to cover it weekly, but then I watched the episode and I was like, I have too many thoughts I need to take to the microphone. 
and I don't know what it is, but I, I think I'd been feeling a little bit burnt out by Bravo. And so switching over and doing some Bachelorette research and recon has been really fun for me and really refreshing. So I was watching the episode, and first of all, I got to say, I got Matt to watch Bachelorette with me. Now he's hooked. We're both sitting on the edge of our seats trying to figure out what's going on with Claire. And I I just have to say right off the top, you guys, that Claire, I know I mentioned this already, but Claire sniffed Dale's pants on camera, in front of the camera, on national television network. Network TV, it's not even cable. She sniffed them on network television. Where did those pants even really come from? Why did she have them in the house? I know they're staying at the La Quinta Inn. What's going on at the La Quinta? Everyone's just leaving their pants around. I mean, did they have sex? or I, Did she explain it? I'm not even sure. She might have explained it, you guys. I might have missed it because I was too focused on the fact that this grown woman was on camera sniffing someone's pants. We've all done that before. Who amongst us hasn't? But I don't know that I would do it on camera. I'd certainly think twice before I saw that red light and then took a man's pants that I just met a week ago and sniffed them in front of the red light. I wouldn't do it. The fact that she did it so casually and was like laughing about it with the girlfriend that came. I was like, what is going on here? What is happening with Claire? And I want to support Claire, but I just don't think I can. <laughs> I mean, truly, I like watching her in shock. And people have told me that she's really badass in other seasons. So obviously, you know, I just missed, I, I must have missed the boat here. But I'm watching watching this show with fresh eyes. And I'm, so I'm seeing Claire for the very first time. And what I'm seeing is very uh, surprising. Like, you know, when a cartoon, like their eyes bug out of their head, I feel like that's what happens to me every time I see Claire do something on camera. And it's not just Claire, too, by the way. It's the men. The men. You got a bunch of Jasons. You got a Chasen. Chasen's wearing capris around the whole La Quinta Inn. The whole La Quinta Playgrounds. I feel like every time I see Chasen, he's got a three-quarter length pant. I asked Matt. I turned to him in the middle of the episode. I said, are men wearing capris again? Like, or, or at all? I didn't even know we did in the first place. But it seems like a lot of the men, I know the style is to wear the pants without the socks. But is anyone else noticing that it feels like the pants are going higher and higher? Even Dale, Dale, who's the front runner, he is even seemingly wearing pants that are just uh, hiked to the high heavens. They're going closer to the kneecap every time I see uh, a new scene on this show. But Chasen, for sure, I'm like, Chasen's wearing capris. He went to Dillard's. He went to, I don't know, where's the store, that, where's the store, department store, and asked for capris, which is fine. I just wasn't aware that we're wearing those now. So now I need to go to the store. I need to hop into a, a Nordstrom rack and see if they got some capris. I can't always go to the regular Nordstrom, but I'll go to the rack. <laughs> go to the Max. I'm, I'm a Maxinista, a registered Maxinista. So I need, think I need to uh, take a trip to the Max and see if they have any men's capris. Because that's what Chasen's wearing. Never even heard the name Chasen, but apparently it's name. Anyway, then... Oh, so at the beginning of the episode, there's this guy that called her old. The guy called her old. He said, this is why you're the oldest bachelorette. Remember, he was so offended by the fact that she made them strip down to their uh, naked bits for dodgeball. And you could see Claire's face. And I was thinking, like, I bet producers probably set this up and made Claire do that. And here's this guy saying, I can't believe you did that. And Claire can't outright say, well, it wasn't me. It was production that decided we were going to do this. But this guy calls her old and gives her this a real hard time. And then they're all monologuing at this point. She kicks him off the La Quinta Inn ranch. And he's walking away saying, you're the oldest bachelorette in history. And she's like, she gives a monologue. That is a monologue for the ages. She's like, that's right. I'm 39 and I'm the oldest bachelorette because I didn't settle for shitheads like you or something like that. 
And I was clapping for Claire, but it was definitely like a Steel Magnolias moment a little bit. Like, I felt like I was at the end of Steel Magnolias when they're at the grave, you know, and Sally Field is given the speech, which is a beautiful moment. And that's a compliment of to the high heavens, saying that Claire is similar to Sally Field in certain ways. But she was giving a dramatic monologue, and I enjoyed it, but it sure was something. It sure was something. Oh, then uh, we did have a one-on-one scene that was very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable with the pedicure. It was that guy named Zach. She takes Zach. She makes him to get his hooves done. You know, he's he put the did the pedicure, and he's never had a pedicure before in his life. He said. So they had the pedicure artists. I don't know what you call it, manicurists. I suppose. Uh, they were shaving his hooves, and he was kind of like not sure how to handle it. And two things. I was thinking maybe he's a little uncomfortable because he didn't understand like what goes into a pedicure. So he wasn't necessarily in his element to make conversation with Claire, because you could see on Claire's face, she was upset that Zach wasn't talking to her. And I was thinking, well, this is his first time on the pedicure station, so he's not even sure what's going to happen. And I remember my first time getting a pedicure. It wasn't that long ago, maybe a few years back, five years back or something. And you just don't know. And I remember being a little bit nervous, because it was a first-time thing. And they kind of move your feet around, do a little gymnastics, move your feet into the bath, out of the bath. They take that shaver on your hoof. You know, they do all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Sounds like I'm a horse or a goat or something. They shave my hoof. But you know what I'm saying. You guys get it. Um, but it's awkward. And after they do the pedicure station, they go into the pool and they're at this Lakenta Inn. By the way, I love how they're just going to different parts of La Quinta Inn. Like this whole, this whole show, they have to find new corners of La Quinta Inn to film in because it's like, you know, we need to film somewhere. So like, let's go to the pool now and let's go to the park bench and let's go to the pedicure station. Um, anyway, so they go into the pool and they're swimming, they're smiling, they're laughing, having a good time. And then they start to get out of the pool and Claire kind of goes in for a kiss. But it was while they were getting out of the pool, and I don't think Zach was prepared for it. And so he didn't not kiss her. He just had an awkward moment that seemed so relatable to me. It seemed like, yeah, that would happen to anyone. And so then he did sort of pull her back in, and I didn't like the way he was pulling her, but I think he was just caught off guard in the fact that she was so offended that he didn't kiss her right away. Uh, He wanted to make up for that, and so he sort of tried to pull her back in. And she got really mad, really offended by it. And I think that's the thing I am disliking about Claire. It's like, she wants everyone to bend over backwards and, and do things exactly the way she wants them, her to do them, or them to do them to her, if that makes sense. And anytime there's like a moment of awkward silence or anything, it's like she throws a big hissy fit. And people had told me that the reason why she gets very upset about some of these social graces is because she's been in this Bachelor world for a while, so she knows how the game works. And I'm just looking at it from fresh eyes, so I don't understand the rules of this game. I don't know I don't know everything. Uh, but it seems to me like she keeps getting so quickly offended. And I do think she's just looking for reasons to get rid of all these other guys, because she's instantly in love with Dale. But she was already making out with on the bed. You know, and Dale was just creeping around every corner. That one time they were making out, the other guy came in the room and was like, okay, Dale, can you leave? You know, because all these other guys hate Dale. Oh, they hate him. So they asked him to leave. And Dale was like hiding his boner, I thought. I believe it to be hiding a boner. That's what I was imagining. Because he was sort of shimming across the back wall with his backside towards the camera. 
And I was like, oh, he's definitely hiding the boner because he popped one when he was making out with Claire on the bed and then had to hide it while he got out of the room. And it was just the most awkward. I've never seen such an awkward shimmy across frame. And I thought it was interesting that the Bachelor producers, they didn't, I don't know, turn the camera away or cut it in on something else or do a close-up on Claire. Instead, we just saw Dale kind of like quietly shimming in the background. (laughs) So weird. Uh, But Dale's obviously winning. Everyone loves him. Claire called him the fiancé already. At the end of the episode, she said he was the fiancé. What the fuck was that? She already said that. And obviously, that's, I think, producers kick her off because, you know, she found the one. What else does she need to do here? What else does she need to do here? But she's so in love with Dale. And I was cringing when they did the roast. When they did the roast, first of all, don't ever roast me, you guys. I can't handle that emotionally. The idea of somebody roasting me, like, I don't understand this at all. I know it's an American institution. But I don't need to be sitting up on a stage while everyone insults me. Why were we doing that? Who thought of this? It's clear that straight white men thought of this. Because they've never been bullied before in their life, and so they're just so bored. They're like, well, might as well try bullying. Like, let's might as well try bullying, so we'll do it. We'll make a party out of it because it's never happened to us before. You know, I feel like that's how a roast came to be because it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, I was cringing when uh, Claire took some of the guys to meet with Margaret Cho, you know, because that's apparently something that happens in this universe. They met with Margaret Cho, who I love, by the way, she's hysterical. Um, but they meet with her to do the roast, and of course, they all roast Dale. What, who else are they going to talk about? If they would have talked about Claire, Claire would have just been so upset. She would have cried and said, how dare you? You all need to leave. And, you know, she would have dramatically. I am the oldest bachelorette in history. And how dare you insult me? That's what they would have said. If, could you imagine if those guys got on the dais and insulted her age? She would have flipped. She would have flipped. And she still flipped, but it was because they were all talking about Dale. And it's like, well, what, more, what else do you want them to talk about? The whole show so far has been focused on her relationship with Dale. So that's, of course, what they're picking up on. Who else are they supposed to talk about? They're secluded at the La Quinta Inn. It's not like we're surrounded by other people. You know, tastemakers, influencers, and celebrities, they're not uh, wandering around La Quinta Inn for these bachelorette contestants to roast in the dais. So, of course, they're roasting Dale. And Claire got so mad, and then the whole rest of the evening, she was just trying to find out, like, why did they all roast Dale? And I want to say, like... Because, Claire, there's nothing else to talk about. You're at the La Quinta Inn secluded. That's the only thing we have to talk about. I mean, come on. I wish Margaret Cho would have explained that to her. I felt like I really wanted Margaret Cho to step it up. I did. I love Margaret Cho, but it felt like I needed her to step in and say, Claire, girl, get it together. Because I think that's what Margaret Cho's probably thinking. And Margaret Cho, at one point, she said, it seems like they're all going after Dale. And it was so clear to me that a producer told her to say that because she said it so, like, scripted-y. Gee, Claire, it sounds like they're all going after Dale. How do you feel about that? And I was like, Margaret Cho, you need to step out of the box, and you need to deliver an unscripted improvised line about how Claire needs to cool it, right? That's what I needed Margaret Cho to do. And maybe she did it. Maybe they cut it. You know, we don't know. We didn't see the uh, cutting room floor footage. Uh, But yeah, so Claire was going around asking every guy, like, why, why are you roasting Dale? Why are you saying this about Dale? And it's like, they didn't even want to talk about him. They're like, we're sick of fucking talking about Dale. Get over it, Claire. Like, we showed up on the show. We're away from our family and friends in the middle of a global pandemic to date you. Okay, and we're stuck at the La Quinta Inn. And uh, you're asking about Dale. You're interviewing me about Dale, a Halloween costume artist. That's what he is, you guys. He is. He dressed in a taco costume. 
uh, for a spirit Halloween store. That's his profession, I believe. And so I'd be pissed if I was one of these men who left, they left their jobs and their families in the middle of a global pandemic to sit at the La Quinta Inn for Claire. The last thing they should have to do is talk about spirit Halloween over there and his love uh, and why they roasted him. I mean, come on, Claire. Come on. Come on, Claire. She needs to get it together. I'm trying to think. Do I have any other notes? I don't know who I... You guys, I'm upset about this whole show. I love watching it, though. You guys, I love it. And people are saying, oh, this is the worst season of The Bachelorette, or Danny, don't watch this one because it's terrible. And I'm like, I fucking love it. (laughs) It's crazy. I love like a good unhinged reality show. It's wild. These things that I'm seeing, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, we got to see comedy. These these straight men trying to do comedy. And Claire, too, when she was judging him, did you notice? She's like, oh, that's funny, and that's good comedy. She, I think she said at one point, like, that's good comedy. And I'm thinking, oh, suddenly she, Claire's a groundling. Like, she just, <laughs> all of a sudden, she's a groundling. She knows what comedy is. Um, but I'm loving it. And so people who are saying this is a bad season, I, I don't get it. There's twists and turns, and it's the most dramatic season ever. And I saw some interview with Chris Harrison. Now I'm in Bachelor Nation. I'm like, you know, on the blogs and stuff, I'm reading things. You know, the other night I was like on Reddit, I'm like, what's going on now with The Bachelorette? <laughs> but I was reading this thing that Chris Harrison said they're filming The Bachelor now concurrently. He said that doesn't normally happen because normally when one's airing, they're not airing or they're not recording the other one. And here's my problem with the whole Bachelor thing. Obviously, there's problematic s- stuff going on in this world. And I'm new to it, but I'm my eyes are open. I'm not blind. And it seems to me that it's been a hundred seasons now, and we've never had a gay person, uh, from my knowledge. And during my research, I did not see that there was a gay bachelor or a lesbian bachelorette or, or even, I don't believe, a bisexual. Or You know, we could really open up the field a little bit. And here's my problem. This is obviously a, sh- a cheap show to make, particularly in the pandemic, where we're filming everything on La- fucking La Quinta Inn. How much did they have to pay La Quinta Inn? A hundred bucks to film the whole season there? That's all it costs. I don't think they're paying the contestants much. The most money that uh, they're paying on this show is to cover Chris Harrison's uh, pedicure bills and uh, the La Quinta Inn. The room's there. It can't be that much. It doesn't look like that. You know, it looks like a nice place, but I don't think it's, you know, anything outrageously expensive. And so what I don't understand is, like, why can't we do a gay bachelor or lesbian bachelorette and film it on the cheap? And air it concurrently, because I think the argument is like, well, people wouldn't watch that, which I think is bullshit. Of course, people don't watch things until you give them the option to watch it. So don't just say no one's going to watch it. But I think that would be the network argument. And it's like, just film it. And if you are worried about that, it's going to cost next to nothing. We're in a pandemic, so we're all starved for things to watch. So air it while you're airing the next Batcher or during the airing of this Bachelorette. And open the playing field a little bit. Diversify ABC. I mean, I'm so sick of every every commercial break. They're like coming back with the oldest bachelorette. And then Claire's got to say it every second. Which I don't even know if it's Claire. Maybe the producers were in her ear like, hey, remember to mention that you're 39. Like, keep mentioning it. And so I wish, I wish they would. I wish they would. But uh, at the end of this week's episode, they did show us they're going to have the new uh, bachelorette coming in. I didn't like how they objectified her coming out of the ocean or the water. Not the ocean, the, the La Quinta Inn pool. They had to show her. 
It's so sad how they have to objectify people on this show. It's like a dodgeball game and someone coming out of the La Quinta in pool. I mean, it's really sad when you think about it, but I didn't like how that's how they're showing her. Uh, A little objectification. But I'm excited. I don't know who that person is. I have no knowledge of this human being. And so I'm excited to get to know her. And I'm also excited to say goodbye to Claire, although a little nervous, because while I do not necessarily care for Claire, I do love watching her. And I find it absurd and unhinged, and I'm going to miss that. Um, So hopefully the new woman gives that to us, too, a little bit. Uh, But let's see. Let's see. I still don't really understand how they're getting rid of Claire. Like, are they just like, okay, Claire, like, you're boring. (laughs) Boring, bye. Probably at the end of the episode, you guys, she said she was giving herself the rose, and I think that's the turning point for producers. They were like, you know what, Claire? You can't just give yourself a rose. This is a game show. This you can't just give it to yourself. You got to give it to someone. That's the rules of the game. She gave herself a rose. Come on, Claire. What was that? She just said, I, "I'm gonna give it to myself." That was another monologue too. She was sitting in the confessional, just giving a rose to herself. She sort of seemed like a crazy human being, and that's coming from someone who's recording a podcast solo right now. Um, but she was just seemingly talking to herself and offering herself a rose, and that seemed a little unhinged to me. But I guess that's what we like about this season of The Bachelorette. Anyway, I'm in. I'm in, you guys. I don't know that I'm going to recap it every week, but likely I will because I'm enjoying this. This is fun for me. I feel like giddy. It feels almost like I'm watching, I don't know, like when I go, think back on Bravo, especially when I started this podcast, it was also exciting. And I feel that way with Potomac. Like whenever I recap Potomac, I'm so excited. I'm having so much fun. And that's how I've been feeling about Bachelorette. And I know people are mad I'm not doing the Orange County uh, recaps, but I just, I wasn't feeling the joy. And I'm feeling the joy here, so I apologize if you don't like it, but uh, you know what? I'm giving myself this rose. I'm giving myself this rose. You guys, I love you all so much for listening. I want to thank you all uh, for listening to the podcast. We've had you know, some record weeks. I have some amazing guests coming up that I cannot wait. This week, I have truly my favorite episode of the podcast, and I see all of your comments. You know, oftentimes when I do an interview with a guest, I... I don't always want to comment on it, but I see all of, I see what you guys say, and I, we see each other, you know, in the mortal words from the Real Houses of Atlanta. We see each other, and I see all those comments, you guys, and I, they make me smile, and I'm happy that you guys like the show. And I also love, I feel like you guys can always know what I'm thinking. Like, especially those of you who have listened from the beginning, I think, you know what I'm thinking. We know, we see each other, you guys know what I'm thinking. And so, you know, I, I don't always get to reply back, or I might not feel comfortable replying back for certain instances, but just know that I see it, and I feel it, and uh, we see each other. So, um, I'm giving you all my rose. And uh, let's take a moment to just breathe in and out. This is a crazy week. We need this more than ever. Tensions are high. We need to take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, hold it, and breathe out. And let's take one more deep breath in. Deep, deep, deep. Hold it. Breathe out. Oh, you guys, be sure to take those deep breaths. I'm going to do that, too. And remember, I'm going to pour myself a glass of bed wine, another one, and, uh, yeah, take some deep breaths. Love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, oh, I didn't say all the promo stuff. Follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. Go to everythingiconic.store. 
support the show on Patreon, and listen to the Everything Iconic spin-off podcast, A Very Merry Iconic Podcast, which is now available on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. It's really fun. Love you. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.